It's the lyrics for lunch exclusive. Robin Thick has a chode. The show where it's got to be a yes if it's going to be consent, and everything else is just a blurred line. Mm. <laughs> no, I Too mean rapey. you're probably right, but <laughs> I know you want it. Boo! <laughs> if I did the intro, that's what I, I would have been the, the show that knows you want it, and I just definitely did not want to do that. <laughs> But you're a good girl. I, I, well, <laughs> we're, we, we got, we got you some. You want to get nasty? <laughs> there's, we got some problems with this episode already. Yep. Who are you? What's, what is this? <clears throat> Hello, I'm your host, journalist Lindsay Tucker, joined today and every day by the Bob Ross lookalike, Aviv Rubenstein. I have long hair now. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, but before when you had the background, I thought you were like in a Bob Ross background. Oh, yeah, no. Tiny, <laughs> tiny happy trees. You're like, I'm just a floating head. Yeah. In how a Bob are, Ross how, painting. How are you, Lindsay? <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I am closing on a house on Wednesday. Woohoo. Woohoo. And I'm going to Mexico on Thursday. Woohoo. So what, what, are we, what, uh, what are we talking about tonight? Today, we're talking about the biggest hit of 2013 and the song that The Guardian called the most controversial song of the decade. Of the decade? Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. His rape anthem. <laughs> yeah, his, blurred his, lines. his rape <laughs> anthem, Blurred Lines. So before we do that, we have a little bit of mailbag. Uh, at, at No Comment Coyote asked for a junior episode of Cocaine and Crack by McGruff the Crime Dog. Are you familiar with this song? No. Um, so before we... Is it written by John Hinckley Jr.? <laughs> it might, may have been. <laughs> so, bef- so, so here's a... I, this, this song is taking TikTok by storm right now. And I don't, I don't know what's... I, don't, I love it. I think, it's, I think it totally bangs. and crack and cocaine to get high that's what you say you love but it's really insane you could die what are you thinking is this from the empire Records soundtrack it's, it kind of does sound like because it. nobody's needing that crack and cocaine there's terrible trouble behind it and sooner or later you're burning your brain making a mess of your So let's play a quick round of Does It Slap. Totally slaps. I I aggressively like this song. Just a snort or a smoke. Um, When's it from? It's from 1984. That's all you care about. But your life is a joke. Your life is a joke. You need some help. Great. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh, this is from Amanda Kremers on Twitter says aviv i'm proud of you way to stay positive in the face of yodeling 
proud of you, man. We also, we had another yodeling comment from friend of the show, Jody Pazanisi, who says, I, for one, did not hate the yodeling. Hated the racism. Didn't hate the yodeling. You know, I also hate racism, but I, I feel <laughs> that the yodeling was a little bit painful. Yeah, now who's Nancy negative? <laughs> this piece of mailbag came from Kathy underscore knots. 2157 on Twitter. Kathy said, need y'all to post this video that Sonia sends Linz during the episode. That's the Grimes episode. I think she was talking about the Taylor Swift Either Grimes the song. Taylor Swift one or the or the j- jammy song or we, So I wrote back to a, ask yeah, her which be a, one. Be more specific, Kathy. <laughs> so yeah, Kathy, let us know which one and we'll post. Uh but Kathy goes on to say, Total Grimes Virgin over here, but loving what you're doing. As a Gen Xer, the Eric Clapton epi has forever changed me, but thankful y'all did it. Also, I love Van Morrison. Moondance was our wedding song. Moondance rules. he showed up drunk to a concert, and I've detested the old man version of Van ever since. He's also racist now. Yeah, thank you for listening, Kathy. We're sorry that we're ruining your problematic faves, but we just we just want to give you the information for, for you to make... Not to stop. <laughs> An informed decision. <laughs> and we've also gotten a bunch of of uh, feedback about how people do remember that Space Lord song. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> like, a, like, actually, like a ton of <laughs> it. Many of you do remember this thing that I thought was just Mandela. Effect. Absolutely, yeah. Still not real. <laughs> Friend of the show, Dan, also claims to remember it. But Dan and I have been friends for literally 15 years. And he's just like never mentioned it so there's no fucking way that he's telling the truth (laughs) dan's also a know-it-all and i hate you what uh, it's fine it's fine me and dan's beef yeah yeah whatever why does dan hate me he doesn't hate you you sounds like you hate him why do you hate mean to me why do you hate space he says mean things about you to me that's that's very true (laughs) dan no He says mean things about me to you. <laughs> oh, that's a slightly less true. He does both of those things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, anyway. Dan. That's all the mailbag that's fit to mailbag. Thanks for thanks for interacting with us. I guess we're <laughs> wrong about Space Lord, but that's... No, we're not. That's not real. That's yeah. debatable. And we're using crack and cocaine to get high. And tonight, Just like Robin Thicke. Just like... Yeah. It's a good segue. Speaking of using crack and cocaine to get high, tonight we're going to be talking about, as Lindsay mentioned, Robin Thicke's blurred lines. Robin Thicke was born and raised in Los Angeles, California by his father, growing pain star Alan Thicke, Dr. Seaver, R.I.P. R.I.P. And his mother, actor, singer, Gloria Loring. Gloria, what's her name? Gloria Loring. Um, I'm not familiar with her. She did some stuff. Great. Uh, she's most known for playing Liz Chandler on Days of Our Lives for six years. Oh, okay. So she had a she had a, a, a whole career. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's somehow associated to the song Friends and Lovers. Yeah, Gloria Loring and Carl Anderson, Friends and Lovers. I don't know that song. It's that song that you showed me from SNL. No, in Living Color. What? <laughs> no, it just reminded me of that. Living was it Living Color skit? What the? F- oh no, the Mad TV. You are the love of my life. That song. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I'm very surprised that 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 song that you showed me from In Living Color, which is in fact not the show. Both are like almost the same thing. Mm. Mm. Shows Lindsay wasn't allowed to watch as a babe. That's all. That's all of them. <laughs> 
All right. According to people, at 17, Robin Thick. Should we call him Thick or Robin? I think Robin. Calling him <laughs> Thick is weird. I know, especially when. Yeah. We'll get there. We're gonna talk about uh, his dick, probably. Thick's probably. dick. Good dicks don't need PR. Anyway. <laughs> Good dicks make their own PR. <laughs> At 17, he moved out of his family home and began writing and producing songs for artists like Brandy and Christina Aguilera. Oh. Yeah. Uptown Records founder Andre Harrell took an interest in Thick, young Robin, and took him under his wing as a mentee. And in 2002, Thick released his first album, A Beautiful World. Wow. A Beautiful World did not do so well. <laughs> I can tell because I've literally never heard of it. It sold 119,000 copies in the U.S. It's not that. I mean, it's not that bad. It went gold. That's gold. Yeah. Gold is 100, platinum's a million, right? Uh, to get a certified gold record, you need to sell 500,000 units. I, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I apologize. Aviv's wrong again. Uh, I also won it on the record that Lindsay did not ask me what I knew about the song because, you know. And for I didn't reason. ask you how you were doing either. for reasons. Yeah, I asked. I asked <laughs> you a bunch of times how you were doing, but that's fine. So, a beautiful world didn't down. do great. But according to People, its provocative lyrics and soft falsetto caught the industry's attention. When Thick released his sophomore album, The Evolution of Robin Thick, four years later, it actually hit number one on the R and B charts and number five on the U.S. Billboard 200. The single "Lost Without You" charted for 23 weeks. Hmm. Which is just about half as long as Blurred Lines. I don't know this at all. And also, it's like weird that Robin Thicke is singing R&B. Right. Because he's the son of a Canadian actor Alan yes. Thicke. Yes. I, mean, I don't love that. Do you want to hear Lost Without You really quick? Sure. This is the one. This was his like medium hit. Yeah. I know you want it. I'm lost without you. Wow, this is bad already. It's like a cool little sa asleep. samba beat. <laughs> lost without you. Oh, I know this song. Help myself. How does it feel to know that I love you, baby? I did right. not know this was Robin Thicke. Me either. And in his early career, people started. People were comparing him to Justin Timberlake, and I can see why. I can totally see why. I, uh, and that is that is the thing I'm going to do during Blurred Lines. Your Justin Timberlake impression? Yes. I'm stealing from black people. Yeah. That's my Justin Timberlake voice. That's your shtick. So that song charted just about half as long as Lord Lines. Okay. Which was how many weeks? Five weeks? That was 23 weeks. 23 that weeks. That was 23 weeks. That was a clean take of me saying that was 23 weeks. 20, 23 <laughs> weeks. Um, so yeah, I mean, not an insignificant hit. I I recognize it, and it's a song that is not like part of the genre that I typically listen to, so... That means it was a hit. You know what I mean? I do. So now I'm going to ask you, and please take this question in the most literal sense. <laughs> what is Blurred Lines? Not any tangential story having to do with Blurred Lines. What is it? So Blurred Lines is a song. <laughs> just, just give me the light when I'm, when I'm overstepping. Blurred Lines is a song off of 
his next album maybe or an album and it the chorus goes i know you want it so blurred lines is a 2013 r&b dance track about a woman in a nightclub who's casually not interested in her pursuer so like who let the dogs out but from the dog's perspective (laughs) dog's point of view (laughs) what the dog saw yeah what the dog saw (laughs) just a blurred line the name of robin thick's album was also blurred lines oh really yeah so he really he he def he put all of his eggs in that basket and and people in his on his team were like this is a great idea robin yeah we love rape is this i'll cut this if it doesn't if it doesn't spark joy but is this the album that he wrote about his his ex-wife? He, no. Okay. Wait, while well, they were still married? So a thing I know about Robin Thicke is that one of his albums is about how Paul Patton b- divorced him and how he, badly he wants her back. Is this oh, no. that album? No, but he, he uses a lot of excuses about how this song is did no wrongdoing because of his wife because he asked her if it was okay and he wrote it about her kind of i talked to my wife about it it's fine i have daughters i mean he didn't say that but i have a wife (laughs) yeah i know a woman it's good one woman i have one black friend it's my wife (laughs) paula Patton. i can sing (laughs) r&b my wife's black Uh, so that album was released on March 26, 2013 by Interscope Records in conjunction with Star Trek Entertainment, which is a label co-founded by the Neptunes, yeah, Pharrell. a.k.a. Pharrell, yeah. and Chad Hugo. Hugo? I've never heard the other Neptunes name. And as we know, Blurred Line features Pharrell. Does it? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know that. You don't? Who do you yeah. think saying, everybody get up? Well, so this is the thing, <laughs> is I confuse this song with sexy back really so every time it's like dun, blun, dun, it's like going back in the next part i'm like tickets to the bridge like I, <laughs> dirty babe like, it feels like it's like the say it occupies the same like nook in my brain and i can't separate them. <laughs> all right so i thought it was Timbaland. oh no it's not it's, it's, it's ti oh and yes it's for all and then there's also ti oh see you, ti is also there you're tricking me <laughs> T.I. has his own little segment. So the song spent 16 weeks at number one on Billboard's hot R&B slash hip hop songs chart, which was the most since the 1940s when Joe Liggins, The Honey Dripper, and Louis Jordan's Choo Choo Chuboogie both spent 18 weeks on the top. Wait, what? The listing was known as race records back in those days. This is from Song Facts. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, the math is messing with me right now. So it spent 16 weeks on the top of R&B, which used to be called Race Records. According to Song Facts. And, and that is the longest what? That a song was number one on the top of for, that specific chart. On that specific chart for that long. Okay. Yes. The song was only the second ever to simultaneously top three Billboard charts that encompass Top 40 Radio, which is pop songs, rhythmic, and adult pop songs. <laughs> Pop songs and adult pop songs are like, that's like, the, I hate that. Go on. The previous one to do so was Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Loca in June of 1999. Great, great song. Great time in my life. Blurred Lines broke the record for the all-time highest number of radio impressions during a single week in the U.S. with 219.8 million. Oh my God. Which was uh, the week of August 
the first week of August 2013, and that surpassed the eight-year-old record that had been set by Mariah Carey's We Belong Together we of 212.2 million. Wow. I can sleep at night when you roll around my mind. so many radio plays. That's, un- <laughs> that's like m- unbelievable. So Blurred Lines was the top selling single of 2013 in both the US and the UK. It sold 6.5 million copies in America. It was followed closely by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's Thrift Shop, which was the year's second biggest with mm-hmm. 6.15 million. Okay. That's not the one where he's like, I'm not gay, but my uncle is. <laughs> when I was in third grade, I thought that I was gay because I could draw. My uncle was, and I kept my room straight. That's the Are song. those the real lyrics? Yeah. You have got to be fucking kidding me. I told my mom, tears rushing down my face. She's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K. Not gay. <laughs> anyway, no, it's not that song. This is Thrift Shop. This is, uh, that's $50 for a t-shirt. Nope. <laughs> Popping tags. Still not. Hey, Macklemore, you want to go thrift shopping? <laughs> you are absolutely, this is, you're absolutely making things up now. Now you have to hear it. <laughs> not gay. What, 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 what? What, 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 what? This is what, already what, horrible. What, 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 what? I'm not trying to be a hater or anything, but like, he's in like a tiger striped lion mane, like, like cultural appropriation central. Oh, I know this song. He got it at a thrift shop. Um, that one, right? Popping tags. I'm gonna pop some. That's what. That's what he's saying. This is fucking awesome. Wow. What? What? Lindsay. Should we do a thrift shop episode? I think. I think we're doing one now. <laughs> He is smells like, like R. Kelly's sheets. And then hang they on. go piss. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you pausing it? Yes. <laughs> I, I know that we're we're definitely on like a tangent right now. <laughs> but I, I need to do a dramatic reading of the first verse <laughs> of Thrift Shop. <laughs> Just do an episode. Well, this is a teaser. Okay. <laughs> nah. Walk up to the club like, what up? I got a big cock. <laughs> I'm just pumped. Just bought some shift shit from the thrift shop. Ice on the fringe. It's so damn frosty. People like, damn, that's a cold ass honky. Rolling in hella deep. Heading to the mezzanine. Dressed in all pink, which he's not in the video, except in my <laughs> gator shoes. Those are green. Draped in leopard mink. That's not, what? That's not, a mink is a animal. No, never mind. Girl standing <laughs> next to me. Probably should have washed this. Smells like R. Kelly's sheets. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Lindsay. 
believe you're just like discovering this now. I never. I've heard the like hook of this, but I've never heard this whole song before. Well, save it for the next episode. Oh my god, the next episode. <laughs> wow. All right, we're gonna move on. I'm calling it. I'm ready, I guess, but I'm I. We're gonna li- we're gonna take a listen. To blurred lines. <laughs> Great, a song that is objectively more po- was more popular than Thrift Shop and more problematic. S- ha- somehow, according to popular culture, yeah, somehow. So I was never able to find the X-rated one of of blurred lines. I just had to go to xvideos.com on my work computer. Oh, what? Wait a minute, like the porn site? Well, it was banned everywhere else. Okay, hang on. You got to set this up because I literally just went to a porn site on my computer, my work computer, too. <laughs> um, they shot two versions of the video, one where the girls are wearing scantily clad clothes, just any clothes, wearing clothes. Yeah. And one where the girls are topless and wearing nude colored thongs. Okay, so we're actually going to watch the the uncensored one, which I have never seen. I have also ne- clearly I have also never seen it. I didn't <laughs> know this fucking existed. Hashtag okay. thick. Right. Hashtag thick. I hate that. There's Emily Ratajkowski, right there. Who I don't really know what she's famous for. Just this. This video. This. Yeah. She was just on SNL like last week. She has a book coming out. We're going to talk about it. Oh, okay. like a virgin mary thing i know you want it it's bad like why is she wearing sneakers this isn't hooters well you gotta wear closed-toed shoes suits take us at the bridge <laughs> oh there's ti this should have been like a career ender for everybody right? involved right i and mean didn't it kind of was for him wrong, but didn't the clean version say you the hottest hoe in this place that oh that's much better clean version right i don't know i definitely don't know I will say I do like this better than when I first heard it like eight years ago. Like, I think it kind of, I think the song kind of bangs and has a horrible message, but like I can, I'm into the groove now. Oh my God. I loved it when it first came out. I didn't even listen to the words, which is not normal for me. Mm. And then all the rapey outrage started happening. There's a lot of strange props happening here. Yeah. Is that a big needle? That's a syringe. Oh. He's like syringing her. Anti-vax. Oh. 
I've never heard this part. From Malibu to Paribu, yeah, you had a big machine that you say. Hit me up when you pass through. I give you something big enough to take your ass through. Swag on them even when you drag casual. I mean, it's almost unbearable. And a hundred year not there with a pull up on side, let you pay me back. Nothing like your leg, he too square for you. He don't smack that ass and pull your hair like that. So I jail watch, hand wait for you to salute and chew dip pimp. Not many women can refuse dip pimp. And I'm a nice guy, but don't get it confused. this video are like we see nothing wrong with this i wonder like i, I mean I, I i'm sure we'll get to this but like i wonder how they're gonna be like no no it's satire it's supposed to be empowering mm-hmm. there's a scene in um have you seen spinal tap she's on all fours in front of hay <laughs> yeah there's oh. a lollipop in her ass with a lollipop in her ass um they brought up Spinal Tap at one point as part of their defense. Of course, because they misunderstood the scene in Spinal Tap, probably, too. There's a scene in Spinal Tap where they're talking about the the title and uh, cover of their record, Smell the Glove. Is that what we're going to talk about? Actually, left the Spinal Tap part out because I had too much. So please, let's do it right now. So there's a scene in Spinal Tap where they're talking about the, their, one of their albums called Smell the Glove, and it's about a... I, the t- the cover is, I think, a woman on all fours and a guy with a leather glove on and the woman is smelling the glove. Or vice versa, the woman has the glove on and the guy's on all fours. I can't remember. Um, but they're like, they're like, this is very sexist. And the band is like, what? It's satire. And they're like, wow, is that satire? He's like, well, she's smelling the glove. And that that's like the end of the scene. There's like no real... But that, like, what the fuck? Because it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke, and and like the joke is that they're dumb. That they're dumb enough to th- to think to to just use the word satire. Exactly, that's the joke. But this is what Robin Thicke said about Spinal Tap. It's not really a quote. The Guardian said Thicke has been a woeful defender of the song in interviews, recalling Spinal Tap's response to being called sexist. What's wrong with being sexy? Oh my God! <laughs> How do you? How do you misunderstand Spinal Tap? So we're going to talk a lot about <laughs> Thick's inappropriate comprehension of what he has done. Uh-huh. Um, but first, we're just going to recap the video. We saw model uh, Emily Ratajkowski, who is, I said, 21 at the time. Oh, uh, wow. We have another model, uh, Jesse Mbung, and L. Eva. So how old is Robin Thick at the, at the recording of this video? So he's 44 now, and that and was 2013. Was, so eight years ago. Out. So he was 36. So the video is directed by Diane Martell, who did Heartbreaker A woman? from Mariah Carey. Yeah. Read My Mind by The Killers, and Genie in a Bottle, and What a Girl Wants, Christina Aguilera, just to name a few. So, so not the... Okay, sure. Thick told VH1 that it was Martell's idea to do a Terry Richardson kind of video. Mm-hmm. And claims that at first he may have been skeptical, but then he said, hey, you know what? Let's go for it. Because for me, nudity is the least offensive thing in the whole world. Guns, violence, war, that's offensive. No. 
<laughs> when you think about it, aren't I like Nelson Mandela? <laughs> a woman's body has been painted and no. sculpted and talked about since the beginning of man. Stop. What I enjoy about the video is that we're not ogling and degrading them. No. We're laughing and being silly with them. Are we? The defense is at least we're not ogling them. That's why I like it. I want <laughs> to shove this lollipop in this girl's ass for feminism. Right. Totally normal thing to say. So, so I understand the aesthetic that they're going for. But, like, I am not a fashionable person, and I know that that aesthetic went out in, like, 2009. So, it's also just, like, not, car- like, like they're four years too late anyway. Yup. Just a quick aside. We're going to do an aside about disgraced fashion photographer Terry Richardson, who's fo- photographed nearly every major modern celebrity, including Barack Obama. Sure. He was officially canceled in 2017 over his history of alleged sexual harassment with all the big magazines vowing not to work with him again. And this was, but this was even three years after New York Magazine's The Cut ran a story headlined, Is Terry Richardson an artist or a predator? One of the most famous photographers in the world is also now one of its most vilified. So this came out in June 2014. Mm-hmm. The Cut reported that Richardson had cultivated a reputation of being a professional debauchee, a proud pervert who has, outside his commercial work, produced a series of extremely explicit images, often including himself naked and erect, that many find pornographic and misogynistic, and which can make viewers distinctly uncomfortable. In recent years, a number of the models in those images have indicated that they, too, weren't comfortable, filing lawsuits, and increasingly speaking up in essays and interviews. Richardson has been called the world's most fucked up fashion photographer by the website Jezebel. Fashion's Shameful Secret by The Guardian and America's Next Top Scumbag by Wonkette. Baron Von Luxury, a Los Angeles DJ, wrote a song called Terry Richardson with the lyrics, she'll have a few more sedatives, I'll have whatever comes next, and then I'll burn the negatives. Oof. In the past nine months, criticism of Richardson has moved from the periphery to a more central and dividing place. Now, remember, this is 2014. Okay. They're already saying past Not nine good. months. Yeah. And in 2013 is when they're like, we're just doing a Terry Richardson video. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Where one is... Exp- uh, okay, so... In the past nine months, criticism of Richardson has moved from the periphery to a more central and dividing place where one is expected to take a stand for or against him. In October, a British teenager uploaded a petition to Change.org titled, Big Brands, Stop Using Alleged Sex Offender and Pornographic Terry Richardson as Your Photographer. It has since attracted more than 33,000 signatures. A few days later, in response to a tweeted link to a 2010 article about Richardson, H&M tweeted, if these accusations are true, it's totally unacceptable to us. Currently, we're not working with Terry Richardson. So so, so this is, now we're back even to 2010. Now we're back to 2010. In March, after a model published a graphic account detailing how a session with Richardson turned into sexual act after sexual act that were never once initiated by me, Richardson put out a statement on the Huffington Post decrying what he called an emotionally charged witch hunt. Oh, witch hunt. (laughs) After Richardson shot Neil Patrick Harris in April for Rolling Stone and the actor tweeted that it was a bucketless moment that had been so much fun, he was immediately assailed by followers. Gross. Stop supporting sexual predators. He deleted his tweet. 
after Lena Dunham was called hypocritical for denouncing R. Kelly while having let Terry Richardson take her picture, she told The Guardian that she was not in the business of being BFFs with alleged sexual predators. So this is the vibe they're trying to emulate with Blurred Lines video. I associate the Terry Richardson aesthetic with like the the American Apparel. Remember the like American Apparel yeah. ads that were yeah. like m- like missing woman posters? Yes. Which, as you mentioned, were not were kind of out of vogue anyway yeah. at this time. Why are, why are they doing a thing that's like already not the fashion? Uh, unless they're just like kind of trying to titillate themselves. Very unclear. Yeah, right. According to Song Facts, Martell enlisted an all-female crew to shoot with her to guarantee that the models were comfortable with the nude version. And she told MTV News, it was really annoying to have to do two videos in one day. The plastic clothes were so uncomfortable and the girls had to keep putting them off and on and it was exhausting. This was a pain for all of us. I don't remember the plastic clothes. Was it just like a Marilyn Manson dope show thing where they're like... (laughs) mannequins there's only one scene in this one where the girl's wearing like white plastic clothes but in the clean version they're all wearing these weird plastic clothes the the, like vinyl whatever okay Mm -hmm. so almost immediately the song starts sparking moral outrage among people who recognize it as being rapey okay the video that you and i watched was banned at the end of march banned from mtv no banned from youtube oh wow sorry yeah the video that you and I watched was banned from YouTube at the end of March. Wow. And then, as you know, I could not find it on the internet except for on a porn website. Sure. In April, a blog post branded Blurred Lines a rape song. Quote, has anyone heard Robin Thicke's new rape song Lisa Hoon wrote in her Feminist in LA blogspot blog? Basically, the majority of the song, creepily named Blurred Lines, has the R&B singer murmuring, I know you want it, over and over into a girl's ear. Call me a cynic, but that phrase does not exactly encompass the notion of consent and sexual sexual activity. Yeah. Seriously, this song is disgusting, though admittedly very catchy. Right. And I don't know basically any of the lyrics except for, I know you want it. And he says he's trying to domesticate you at some point. Is that right? Yeah, we're gonna we're actually oh, gonna read the lyrics. Oh my god! Uh, soon. <laughs> I'm gonna wind up on a fucking list. <laughs> um, then in June, a headline in the Daily Beast read: "Blurred Lines: Robin Thicke's Summer Anthem is kind of rapey." Kind of. <laughs> in that article, writer Trisha Romano mentioned that oddly, top feminist sites like Jezebel, The Hairpin, and Exo Jane hadn't yet weighed in. Romano wrote, perhaps like music critic Maura Johnston, the editor and founder of Maura Magazine, and Franny Kelly, an editor at NPR Music, they don't think that it's that big of a deal. Quote, lyrically, it's problematic, but I feel like so many pop songs right now are problematic, said Johnston of the song itself. Kelly also shrugged off the controversy. I think it's really fun, she said. I mean, there's there is something to be said for like, this is not the only problematic song that came out in 2013. We just listened to a little bit of Thrift Shop, which is hugely (laughs) problematic. But like, it's like two things can be true at once, right? Like the whole system is is has a problem. And this song has a huge problem. Correct and correct. Yeah. Though there are two versions, Kelly prefers the not safe for work version for the very reasons that other women were uncomfortable. Quote, we feel a certain type of way about seeing men completely clothed next to almost completely naked women, and that's what gives it the frisson. When they're clothed, it feels like he's walking up to a line and agreeing to obey it. And when they're not clothed, he's like acknowledging the line and he's stepping right over it. And But there's no like, there's no like, 
understanding of the consequence of that. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. And Kelly bristled at the notion that women were supposed to be offended by the video. I feel more like more violated by people trying to tell me that song and video is problematic than I do by the song and video, honestly. Who the fuck is this person? That was an NPR music editor. Mm, Okay. Franny Kelly. Uh, So regardless of those very interesting interpretations, student unions start banning it. In November, The Guardian called it the most controversial song of the decade, as I told you earlier. Mm -hmm. And reported that at least 20 UK student unions had already banned the song altogether. So also in November, The Guardian reported, This week, a tipping point has been reached. Lily Allen launched the video to her comeback single, Hard Out Here, which takes aim at music industry sexism with specific reference to Blurred Lines video. Ooh, there's like a diss track already. (laughs) Three women's organizations launched the Rewind and Reframe campaign with a four-pronged strategy to enable young women to air their grievances about music videos, to campaign for age ratings on videos, to encourage compulsory sex and relationship education in schools, and to pressure the music industry to get its house in order. Quote, in music videos across the board, there's widespread racism and sexism, specifically the sexualization of black and ethnic minority women, says Leah Latchford of Rewind and Reframe. Young women have told us that it has a real impact on their day-to-day lives. They are tired of messages that depict women as highly sexualized passive sex objects. Getting rid of one song won't solve the problem. It's a culture of racism and sexism that we need to change. Hell yeah. Now, all the while, Thick is insisting that by having the women naked, he was, quote, pushing the boundaries. Of what? We, pr- <laughs> we pretty much wanted to take all the taboos of what you're not supposed to do, he said. Bestiality, you what? know, injecting a girl in her bum with a what? five-foot syringe. What? what? <laughs> Cannot make this stuff up. I wanted to push all the boundaries, so I lit a cross on someone's front lawn. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about, Robin? Shut <laughs> the fuck up. I just wanted to up. break every rule of things you're not supposed to do. Why? And make people realize how silly some of these rules are. Wait a minute. So bestiality is silly. Like not allowing bestiality. That's silly. We not, should just ba- basically all be fucking our animals. Not allowing <laughs> us to inject a woman with a five foot needle. In her bum. In her bum. So the goat is bestiality? I guess. I if thought she's nude and if ho- I cuddling see, it. If I see like a woman holding a, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it has the capability of doing that. Um, I. I. That you would have to pay her extra, like a lot. Like that's hazard pay for her. Um, <laughs> but if I see a woman holding a lamb, I. I like think the Virgin Mary, right? Right. You did say that. Yes. But like, what? What the? Okay. What the fuck are you talking about, Robin Thicke? Because you're like, I just want to push every boundary because I want to show how silly some boundaries are. What does that mean? Why aren't you? Makes no sense. Why don't why you have you? Nazis in your video? Do you not want to push that boundary? You're not pushing every boundary. Does every right. boundary? What about in, dead babies? It does every boundary in the video that you show is that? Are do you find all of those silly, like bestiality and putting lollipops in people's butts? Like, like what? Like what? And what about boundaries that objectify men or make men feel uncomfortable? Like what? I don't. They wouldn't even. That wouldn't even have occurred to them. <laughs> like you could say that to him, and he'd be like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> but like, but like. But instead, we got Robin Thicke has a big dick. Oh yeah, that pushes a boundary. All right, of of truth crosses crossing a real. This this whole video has very little dick energy. Has like right? jackhammer energy. 
Exactly. Um, Robin Thicke has a little tiny chute. You heard it here first. <laughs> It's the lyrics for lunch exclusive. Robin <laughs> Thick has a chode. <laughs> well, uh, um, uh, okay, hold on. Thick spoke to Carson Daly about the video, no. saying, Mm-mm. "We just had a great feeling about the song. Mm. I made it last summer. I mean, I had it for about eight or nine months, you know. And Jimmy Iovine liked it, but nobody was really jumping all around the place for it. And then we shot the video. Jimmy Iovine called me seven seconds into the video, and he said." This is a smash. This video is amazing. We had always planned on making an unrated, we like to call it, version. Not X. It's just unrated. So what we would do is shoot a segment with the girls dressed, and then they would take their clothes off, and we'd shoot the same shot. Shut the fuck up, Robin. (laughs) Shut up. And then um, about adding T.I. into the mix, Thick told GQ, well, at first it was me and Pharrell. Then I thought... Who else is a grown Southern gentleman with a family? No, 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 no. Even though he's a hardcore rapper, he's a real Southern gentleman. He says, sir and ma'am. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) He stays cool and he's really beloved. Pharrell's the same way. No. It was just three really nice guys having a good time together. No, stop it. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm sorry. We have to unpack this. Yes. Go, go, go. You are not, you're from Canada, dude. (laughs) The Great White North. (laughs) I know you were born. I know you were born in L.A., but, like, if there's one thing I know about Alan Thicke is that he's the embodiment of Canada. <laughs> okay. And you're like, I want to find a Southern gentleman. Why? Who else is a grown Southern gentleman why? with but a why? family? But why? Why would you do that? Why? why no would... idea. And then, and then he's like, he's like, there's a blurred line of like, he's so well spoken in there. He says, ma'am and sir. It's, that sounds like oppression. Nice, nice tits, ma'am. <laughs> okay. And then there's like, okay. And then. And then. So this. It was just three really nice guys uh-huh. having a good time together. We like to have fun. We don't like to oppress women. Get naked. Be Terry Richardson. Oh, I'm going to be Terry Richardson. You can be Terry Richardson. But also, this like, this like now, like the banjo and, and Pharrell's like weird straw hat kind of makes sense in like a get out sort of way where he's like, it's like a little minstrelly now that he brings it up like this, you know? Right. That's what I mean. Just three nice guys trying to have fun. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Okay. Well, in an interview with The Daily Star, Robin Thicke explained the meaning of the song. He said, It's mostly throwaway fun, but naturally, Pharrell and I, being in love with our wives, having kids, and loving our mothers... What? 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 We have a lot of respect for women. What? So the way we were seeing it is... You are making this up. I know man tries to domesticate you, but you're an animal. You are just like any man. It is also about the blurred line between a good girl and a bad girl... People no, 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 no. I'm Lindsay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to get, we have to, st- we have to take a step back. Say the okay. domesticate thing again. Okay. So the way we're seeing it is, quote, I know man tries to domesticate you, but you're an animal. You are just like any man. End quote. You are just like any man. An animal? <laughs> 
but that but that doesn't make sense because you a man are trying to domesticate <laughs> an animal but an animal cannot domesticate another animal what the fuck are you he's talking in circles it doesn't make any sense make read a book literally any book robin we both love we just love our wives we love our moms just like, just like love our wives we're just family men some of us are southern why would you <laughs> why would you bring your mother into this Okay, so now he's bringing his wife into it. It's also about the blurred line between a good girl and a bad girl, people who want to get naughty. He explained that his sexual escapades with his now ex-wife, Paula Patton, inspired the song. Mm -mm. In an interview with SiriusXM's The Howard Stern Show, he said, Blurred Lines is very much about my wife. It's about how she's a good girl, but she wants to be a bad girl. My wife is Mrs. Good Girl, but gradually over our marriage, I have turned her into a bad girl. No. I mean, naughty, sexually. Yeah. I won't get into too many details out of respect for her, but no, she likes it all. Ha- we no. have done just about everything. Robin. <laughs> Robin. What? And then there's the time that no, Thick blamed not, Martell no, 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 for the I'm music not, video. No, 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 no. We cannot move. I, I, what the fuck are you talking about, Robin Thick? It's about your wife. And I'm like, okay, you're wrong. Like, there's clearly lyrics that, like, would not make sense in the context of a wife. Like, you're clearly lying. And then he's, like, the liar that then he thinks he's going to get away with it. And so, like, halfway through, he, like, doubles down on his lie in, like, a really, like, bizarre way where he's like, yeah, it's about how much respect I have for my wife, who I trained to, to like. To be an animal. To be a sex animal <laughs> and to like my sex whenever I want to give her my sex. You think she has agency? You're fucking wrong, Howard. We do everything. What? Also, like, how many things are there, are there? even? <laughs> like, I know there are books and whatever, but, like, what he means is in the butt, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, right? Like, we do everything. Missionary, butt missionary. <laughs> then I take a nap. She never comes. Oh, 100%. That's probably in the fucking divorce <laughs> documents. <laughs> okay, so then there was the time that Thick blamed Martell for the video. Mm. She said that she'd been inspired by Richard Avedon and Benny Hill. Mm. <laughs> okay. This is honestly, though, okay. <laughs> if we sped this up twice the speed, like Benny Hill style, that'd be kind of fun. You work on that for the (laughs) social. So in 2013, he said it was her idea to film a naked version and said, I always wanted to be a gentleman. I've been with the same woman since I was a teenager. Shut the fuck up, right? I don't want to do anything that's inappropriate. No, I hate you. So now we're going to look at the lyrics. (sighs) And which, which I have to stress, I absolutely believe are about his wife on opposite day. All right, are we doing a, a dramatic reading? Everybody get up. <laughs> We're just doing it. Okay, everybody get up. Okay, verse one. If you can't hear what I'm trying to say, hey girl, come hey here. Hey girl, come here. If you can't read from the same page, maybe I'm going deaf, maybe I'm going blind, maybe I'm out of my mind. Okay, now he was close. Tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal, baby. It's in your nature. Meow. Meow. (laughs) Just let me liberate you. You don't need no takers. This man is not your maker. 
And that's why I'm going to take a good girl. Okay. Okay. Once again, he's like, oh, so close to being there. And then just like dismounts. He's like, he does not nail the landing. He, right. he was, he tried to domesticate you, but you're an animal. You're undomesticatable. Let me liberate you. I'll free you. You don't need no man. The man isn't not your maker. And that's why I'm going to take a good girl and make her bad. Make. Fuck. Then I'm going to be your maker. Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Robin. You're so close. Just get it. I know you want 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 it. You're a good girl. Can't let it get past me. You're far from plastic. Not a good rhyme. Talking about getting blasted. I hate these blurred lines. I know you want it. But you're a good girl. The way you grab me must want to get nasty. Go ahead. Get at me. So, so, so. Very clearly, I mean, like, I don't have a fucking PhD in this, but, like, I hate these blurred lines means, like, I wish that I could know, I, I like, like, I hate these mixed signals that you're giving me and I want to just fuck you, right? It's got, that's got to be what it means. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's even worse than that, where it's like, it's like Aziz Ansari. Okay. Like the, so, like the date that he was on, the bad date that he was that article. is like a perfect example of a blurred line where right he thought he was doing one thing she thought she and and didn't care to be disabused of that and she right. was having an entire never different once took into consideration right. that she was not into it that she expressly was not into it yeah and then people were like oh but at least did he really do anything wrong at At least least, he's not harvey weinstein like yeah okay i mean there is a scale but like the bar is in hell if it's like as long as he as long as he didn't rape her and and jizz into a ficus he's a great guy that the bar is in hell and people keep tripping over it they just keep tripping over so yeah i feel like he's he's by saying I hate these blurred lines, he's admitting that he doesn't know that she if she's into him. But right. and he's and, like, and but you care. must want it. And doesn't care, right? Like, I hate these yeah. blurred lines. And like the implication is I'm not gonna go away if the answer is no. He oh, totally. He doesn't say that specifically, but that's the implication. Okay. Uh what do they make dreams for when you got them jeans on? What do we need steam for? You're the hottest bitch in this place. I feel so lucky. You want to hug me? R- what rhymes with hug me? Hey. Oh, he does the li- the domesticate liberate verse again. Because great. Right. Yeah, this is uh, T.I. Oh, this is the T.I. part. One thing I ask of you, let me be the one you back that ass up to. Great. Come on, go from Malibu to Paris, boo. Had a bitch, but she ain't bad as you. Okay, so thus far, not that bad until he calls a woman a bitch. And he's like, I have a girlfriend, but... Had, past tense. Okay. So hit me up when you pass through. I'll give you something big enough to tear your ass in two. No. Okay. You lost me. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's assault. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yes. That's what babies do when they come out of vaginas. Yeah, I No think... woman wants that for pleasure. I so do. if that's what you're hoping to do to her, you have some really sick fucked up fantasies, dude. It's, but it's also like, it's all performative. Oh my God, you're so big. I can't take it all. An entire Why baby. are you defending couldn't... this? I'm not, de- I'm not defending it. I'm, s- I'm saying like, like, it is just like a, 
like such a weird dumb performative thing of like yes i'm singing this i'm i'm basically reciting a poem to you about how big my penis is and how it will just literally murder any girl that goes near it i'm so i my my penis is so fantastic yeah it's not <laughs> swag on them even when you dress casual i mean it's almost unbearable in a hundred years not dare would i pull a far side let me let you pass me by is that a song from far side i guess nothing like your last guy he's too square for you don't smack that ass he and, don't smack that oh ass. he don't smack that ass and pull your hair like i do parentheses you like it <laughs> oh my god case in point we're done here show's over but like that but like and and, and that's like that's like parentheses we're nice guys right like, parentheses th- by the way this is all consensual um so i'm just watching waiting for you to salute the true big pimpin not many women can refuse this pimpin i'm a nice guy don't get it confused get pimpin he rhymes pimpin with pimpin with pimpin and he means penis right yeah so like this is that 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 same like kind of performative like yeah I, I got a flagpole in my fucking pants and that's what you want because don't get it confused I'm a nice guy I'm nice I'm nice <laughs> but I do want you to literally have a fucking hemorrhage after sli- from which, my penis <laughs> which is which is physically which is big it's big <laughs> physically impossibly big you could literally <laughs> never actually be hurt by this. But I want you to pretend like you're being hurt by this, but pretend like you like it so much that you don't care like you're being hurt like this. Oh, look at the next verse. Shake your rump. Get down. Get up. Do it like do it like it hurt. Like it hurt. Sh- what? You don't like work? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Baby, can you breathe? I got this from Jamaica. So now that now they're now talking- he's drugging her. Yeah. Now they're talking about weed. Because baby, can you breathe? I'm like, is she fucking choking on his dick? But I think he, they're talking about weed. Right. It always works for me. Dakota to Decatur. I actually kind of like the line Dakota to Decatur. I think it's pretty clever. No more pretending because now you're winning. Here's our beginning. I always wanted. It's not at so, all about what she wants. Parentheses, you like she's, it. I'm going to get you high. So y- yes, just party. It's cool. Be cool. Right. Just party right it's fine but i i don't even think that they put that much thought into it give me a break uh so i'm 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 it always works for me no more pretending because now you're winning because now so they're saying the blurred line was her being like oh yeah i want it oh no i don't and now there's no more and now you're winning yeah because now you're high so now you're just you're in it yeah i know this is this song is all about her saying no and then being like convinced otherwise so maybe this is maybe this is him trying to like be like i'll give you drugs if you decide to i'll give you drugs and pretend like you're in power i guess if you agree to fuck me no i'll give you drugs so that now you'll be cool and we can just fuck that's not good man that's really bad then we have Again, can't get it past me. You're far from plastic talking about getting blasted. You're a good girl. You know you want it. The, the, still, hey, I hey, hey. still think the worst part is I know you want it. Is like, yeah. is, is so fucking bad. 
It's so bad. Pharrell just did not understand what all the fuss was about. Yeah, so this this is the thing w- 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 when I was saying, like, I don't think they put enough thought into it. Like, like they never for a moment gave the woman in the story enough agency to actually mean no. So, like... <laughs> So, like, how much convincing would it possibly need if she, like, <laughs> obviously wants it? And we just, obviously. We just have to apply her with drugs and uh, also a big needle. <laughs> and also a big What's needle. What's wrong with that? What's, that's normal. So, in a 2019 interview with GQ, now this is 2019, mm-hmm. Pharrell so- says, I was born in a different era. No. Nope. Where the rules of the Matrix at that time allowed a lot of things that would never fly today. So what? then the interviewer asks him the matrix as. Pharrell. <laughs> yeah. So the journalist says such as, and then Pharrell says advertisements that objectify women, song content, some of my old songs I would never write or sing today. Mm-hmm. I get embarrassed by some of that stuff. Good. It just took a lot of time and growth to get to that place. Uh, Pharrell is 48, by the way. So legit. 2019, he was 46. Like, what different era are you talking about, man? Like, what are you talking about? So then the interviewer says, when did things shift for you? As you said, it's not the masculinity oh that's God. new. It's the conversation, which really kicked off with me, too. Was your awakening related to that timetable? Don't tell me he had a daughter. I'll fucking lose it. <laughs> no. He says no. Good. Great. I think blurred lines opened me up. I didn't get it at first because there were older white women who, when that song came on, they would behave in some of the most surprising ways ever. And I would be like, wow. They would have me blushing. So when there started to be an issue with it lyrically, I was like, what are you talking about? There are women who really like the song and connect to the energy that just gets you up. And I know you want it. Women singing those kinds of lyrics all the time. So it's like, what's rapey about that? The the lyrics. I know you want it. <laughs> Asked and answered, and then, Pharrell. Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. Take us to the words. I realize there are men who use that same language when taking advantage of a woman. And then I realized. (laughs) And it doesn't matter that that's not my behavior or the way I think about things. It just matters how it affects women. And I was like, (laughs) got it. I get it. Cool. I I love that he like aggressively (laughs) at the age of like 45 aggressively was like, wait, women have thoughts and feelings. Huh. Like, this isn't Weird. just about my experience yeah, on this yeah, earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the things that I do affect other people. Cool. Huh. Cool. Take it to the bridge. <laughs> my mind opened up to what was actually being said in the song and how it could make someone feel. Even though it wasn't the majority, it didn't matter. It, I cared okay. what they were feeling, too. Thank I you. realized that we live in a chauvinist culture in our country. <laughs> I hadn't realized that. <laughs> didn't realize that some of my songs catered to that so that blew my mind I, that blew pharrell's mind i mean can we say better late than never <laughs> are you fucking kidding me you didn't realize that it's uh, we live in a chauvinist culture in our country and that every fucking song basically is centered around that i mean uh, listen you're it, a grown-ass man you have, have been, a mom it would have been better if it, he had that realization when he was i don't know 11 but you know, 46 is also good, I guess. How do we even think this is sincere? 
that I was like, cool, got it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily think it's sincere. Unfortunately, once again, the bar is in hell. So compared to like all of Robin Thicke's answers, which is like, what? I'm smelling the glove. And like at least the <laughs> words that are that are being said are correct. It's whether or not he believes them. And there's no there's literally no way to know. Yeah. So the hammer came down on these motherfuckers. Sure. In 2015, a copyright infringement case against Robin Thicke and Pharrell went to trial. Yes. So I'm going to let you say some stuff now. Um, okay. So what I know about the copyright case, I think that there was a Marvin Gaye song that this like ripped from. And I remember hearing the two songs like kind of back to back and actually not hearing the similarities, but not also not caring that much. And that they, they took the beat from and they got sued. The end? Question mark? Yes. The family of Marvin Gaye, who died in 1984, sued Williams and Robin Thicke, sued Pharrell, Williams, and Robin Thicke, saying they copied from Got to Give It Up without permission when they wrote and recorded Blurred Lines and that it had helped make Blurred Lines the biggest hit of 2013. Yes. Um, Pharrell denied the claims at the time and testified that Gaye's music was part of the soundtrack of his youth, but he did not use any of it to create Blurred Lines. The soundtrack. Okay, I, I, I am now seeing the uh, other Pharrell quote in a different light. <laughs> the soundtrack of my youth. I'm from a different time. Marvin Gaye. <laughs> what, what's it called? Got to Give It Up? Yeah, so I'm about to send you something. That also, so also kind of sounds rapey. Right? I know you want it. Gotta give it Gotta up. Gotta get it up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines versus Marvin Gaye's Got to Give It Up. So this is like a uh, little mashup. A mashup. Also, the like the still, which is from the Blurred Lines video, is Robin Thicke like singing into a girl's toes. Right? It's so, so disturbing. It's so it's like oh look look at all these blurred lines. <laughs> like you can't sing into a girl's foot. Back in my day, Back in my, I'm, just from, suck a toe. I'm, in, I'm from a different time. Also, there are a lot of similarly recommended videos of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> okay, so this is Blurred Lines, right? Okay. I hear it. Okay, now he was close. So I will say it's not that of the smoking guns that we have covered on this show. This isn't like all that. It seems like just that one eight bar section. Right. Yeah, I'm I, with you. I'm, I'm, this, I hear nothing. Yeah, don't don't make me side with blurred lines, but like I think that that's fine. I mean, I think it's just because it was so fucking popular, and clearly, Rob, uh, Marvin Gaye's family has not always had Marvin Gaye's best interests at heart. I had really complicated feelings about the Gaye family in this research. Well, because his dad shot him. That's a story for another day. Yeah, it's a different different episode, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on uh I'm on I'm on Pharrell's side here that like it's just a groove, man. It could be a Marvin Gaye-esque groove, but it's not. Olivia Rodrigo okay. and Paramore are closer than this. 
Oh, Hundo. Yeah. Okay, so you are gonna look at this and like, <laughs> I was gonna kind of read it, but it's better if you just do the explanation. Okay. So this is from Joe Bennett Music Services, joebennett.net. And the question is, did Robin Thicke steal blurred lines from Marvin Gaye? Also, there's this some weird principle that like anytime a, uh, a, a news article asks a question in the headline, the answer is always no. Oh, yeah. Here are the facts. Blurred lines is 120 BPM. Got to give it up is 122 BPM. Okay. Both songs feature a syncopated cowbell part and an electric piano. Yeah. Okay. Great. Donk, donk, da donk. Donk donk to donk is the is the the cowbell part and electric piano. Gay's bass line is played on a electric piano instead of a bass. The vocal melodies and lyrics of the song are obviously different from one another. Thank you. The songs have different chord patterns from each other. The recordings are in different keys. Blur lines is in G. Got to give it up is an A. The different keys thing is kind of irrelevant it's just they they will transpose the key to whatever the singer sings in best okay. uh, but yeah so the, the this person joe bennett uh put the two bass lines kind of ne- next to each other and transposed them both into the same key and when compared note for note like this the dissimilarity is obvious yeah so like it's just a groove that is like, hey, let's do this one kind of Marvin Gaye-esque, which is, yeah, yeah really. So, so Joe Bennett agrees with us that it's like, kind of, yeah. The, the first accusation in the press release from Marvin Gaye's family is that Thick and Company not only copied Gaye's distinct baseline, which is not true, um, but the defining funk of the cowbell accents. Marvin Gaye owns cowbell. But also, like, if you have, like, if you have to do this, this is like this thing you said at the top of the show. Good dick is its own press release or whatever. Like, if you have <laughs> to be like, and the cowbell's the same, like, you've already lost. Yeah. yeah. However, they did not lose. They lo- they they. Oh. The jury sided with the gays. The court found that Williams and Thick were liable for copyright infringement. This is and bad. Bad ruling, man. In a verdict that awarded $5.3 million in damages. No. And actually, the initial March 2015 jury verdict resulted in $7.3 million award, but the judge agreed to cut that to $5.3 million. Which apparently happens kind of a lot. The judge will just be like, really? yeah, less. Um. <laughs> um, but they also had to give the gays 50% of all future royalties of the song. Horrible ruling. Oh, my God. Even um, have- even if the baseline was the same, fifty percent is obnoxiously high. They're already splitting it, you know, yeah. multiple ways. Uh, so okay, so the they appealed the decision in twenty sixteen. Uh According to the New York Times, in the wider music industry, many worried that the suit went too far in trying to protect generic elements of a song's style and feel. I agree. A victory, opponents of the case warned, could lead more lead to more litigation and have a chilling effect on creativity. Mm-hmm. Since the dispute over blurred lines began, there have been several prominent settlements over credit and royalties. For example, even before the blurred lines verdict was announced, Sam Smith willingly shared credit for his hit stay with me after Tom Petty said it sounded like I won't back down. So that, that is, that is a little bit of a reductive version of the story. I mean, it is, I won't back down. It is, it is, the 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 melody and 
cadence of I won't back down. But Tom Petty was like, hey, it's cool, man. Like, I don't care. And Tom Petty's record label is the one that sued Sam Smith or threatened to sue Sam Smith. You're right. It's the same melody. Never realized that. Oh, really? The first I just, time. I'm a big. Because I don't like Sam Smith. Oh, I'm and a big Tom So Petty I just played fan. it in my head and I was like, yep. Yeah. That's the same 100%. <laughs> and, and like, that is. And I don't like Tom Petty. Oh, I don't like I, either I of them. I really like Tom Petty. Um, that is a. That th- that case in this case could not be. I'm not like criticizing you. It's, you're just reading an article, but the, those two cases could not be more different. Okay, so in appeals court, the decision was upheld, but it exonerated Ti, who had somehow gotten <laughs> roped into splitting. <laughs> the- <laughs> Poor fucking Ti. He's like, it wasn't my idea to the put fines. the fucking cowbell in there. <laughs> um, in a dissent, Judge Jacqueline H. Gwen harshly criticized the decision as one that allows the gays to accomplish what no one has before copyright a musical style Mm -hmm. she further warned that the decision establishes a dangerous precedent that strikes a devastating blow to future musicians and composers everywhere and had the olivia rodrigo uh paramore thing ever gone to court this that would have been like a rehash of that like that that is the precedent that it would have probably hearkened definitely using crack and cocaine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so that final verdict came down in december of 2018 uh thick and williams and williams's more water from nazareth publishing inc were jointly required to pay gay's family they jointly owed damages of 2.8 million meanwhile thick was ordered to pay an additional 1.7 million and williams and his publishing company would pay another three hundred and sixty thousand dollars to the gay family why not just give it to like a like a woman's charity <laughs> yeah Additionally, the gay family is entitled to receive pre-judgment interest on the damages award and respective what? profits against each of them, which totals to $9,097.51. Oh. The gay family is Oh, also just entitled. the interest, not the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> no. I got there. But then uh, they, they, they got the 50% royalties going forward. They made out like fucking bandits on this. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Song Facts, and I'm going to quote it exactly. Great. Robin Thicke confessed under oath that he blurred the lines of the writing credits for Shut this song. the fuck up. <laughs> you quoted it exactly so Dan wouldn't write it and be like, fuck you, Lindsay. <laughs> he blurred the lines of the writing credit for this song during the legal battle over its origin with the children of the late Marvin guy. I wa- he told Gay's lawyer. Wait, did he literally say I blurred the lines? No, I think oh, that's like their writing. pun, not his pun. Because if, if he made pun, that pun yeah. on the stand, like I think he <laughs> might have the mind of a child. So uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure this is just a bad pun by song facts. More so. like song fucks going. <laughs> He told the gay's lawyer, I was jealous and I wanted some of the credit. I tried to take credit for it later because Williams wrote the whole thing pretty much by himself and I was envious of that. I was present. (laughs) Obviously, I sang it. I had to be there. Oh, my God. Okay. So to be honest. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, you can go. Okay. Then I'll go back to this. I just love that he's that in the face of all of the sexism things, he's just like, whatever. I wrote it. I've got a mom. I love her. I love my mom. But then it's like, you owe me some money. It was all Pharrell. Pharrell wrote it. I was there. I was jealous I, of Pharrell. I was jealous of him. He owes you so much money now. He I'll, has a big dick. His dick's bigger than mine. I'll give you his. I'll give you his number. And you can ask him for a Venmo. I'm Canadian. He's a Southern gentleman. Do your laws even apply to me? 
When asked if he was around when the rhythm track was being created, he said, to be honest, I was high on Vicodin and alcohol when I showed up at the studio. What the fuck? So my recollection is when we made the song, I thought I wanted to be more involved than I actually was by the time nine months later it became a huge hit and I wanted credit. I started kind of convincing myself that I was a little more a part of it than I was, but the reality is that Pharrell had the beat and he wrote almost every single part of the song. I was lucky to be in the room. <laughs> what? What is he talking about? Using crack and cocaine <laughs> to get high. I know. I was high on Vicodin, <laughs> so I don't remember what happened. But I wound up recording a song is just a fucking chef's kiss. <laughs> I was present. Obviously, I sang it. I had to be there. <laughs> what the fuck, Robin? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the controversy that just would not, will not die. In December 2020, the gays filed a new motion accusing Pharrell of perjury. No. <laughs> Saying that he contradicted himself in a November interview with JQ when he told Rick Rubin that he tries to, quote, reverse engineer songs to figure out if we can build a building that doesn't look the same but makes you feel the same way. He said, I did that in blurred lines and got myself in trouble. I really made it feel so much like got to give it up that people were like, oh, I hear the same thing. Now, in his October 2015 deposition, he had said, I did not go, <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. I did not go in the studio with the intention of making anything feel like or sound like Marvin Gaye. Lindsay, <laughs> this is bad art, friend. <laughs> this is bad art, friend. Yeah. Pharrell is Sonia Larson, <laughs> and the, the gay estate is Don Dorland and is just so. Stalking Pharrell for five years Stalking being like, him. you lied. <laughs> you, you said that one thing. <laughs> you lied. Oh, my God. First of all, I, I absolutely that believe that Pharrell's like, I want to groove like this part yeah. of that. Like, that's how writing happens. And, mm -hmm. people, and people who don't write music or don't write anything, uh, people who have not created anything and don't know about the creative process are like, how could you do this? I'm like, that. how could you not do this? This is the only thing you can do is be inspired by other art. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> so the filing stated he admitted either without understanding Shut the consequences or because he believes he is untouchable that contrary to his own sworn deposition and trial testimony, he reverse engineered the Marvin Gaye song. Williams testified falsely on those specific topics resulting in a fraud on this court. Uh, and I want it now. <laughs> it's like very Veruca salt of them. Yes. Also, Marvin Gaye's estate is doing just fine. Thank you for that update. The sitting on the dock of the bay royalties must be 10 times uh, blurred lines. Like, what do you do? Why are you fighting over this fucking... They already got the 50%. Yeah, why are you suing Pharrell for perjury? What, <laughs> what, are you, what more are you getting? Um, they wanted uh, him to pay, like, their back legal fees. Oh. <laughs> they, they wanted to admit that he's the one that shot Marvin Gaye. <laughs> He was two years old. So in February 2021, the court found in favor of Pharrell. 
thank fucking God. Also, this year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This has been going on this whole time. (laughs) Will not die. (laughs) This song is cannot be making that much more money anymore. Even you never know. And and Robin Thicke is just there being like, "I was high. I don't know." Don't look at me. I'm a southern boy. I was too fucked up, man. That's um, that's like the guy that the guy that like gets like belligerent at a party and like breaks your TV and then the next day you're like hey man you broke my TV and they're like he's like I- I'm I was drunk man I don't know <laughs> I can't be held responsible for my actions I was drunk <laughs> All right so blurred lines made headlines once again this month no, October No stop it this month This month October yep in the wake of the release of Emily Ratajkowski's nonfiction book, My Body, which is a series of essays exploring body politics and the commodification of women, which is coming out in November, Ratajkowski, who was 21 at the time the video was shot, has said she didn't initially want to do the Blurred Lines video. So she brought up in the book, a leaked a, a passage was leaked from the book, mm-hmm. an excerpt, and Ratajkowski talks about the Blurred Lines controversy and filming it. And being and in so the video. She, and being the video. Yeah. So she said that uh, she didn't initially want to do the video, but she was apparently soothed by the fact that it had a female director, as we have said, is Diane Martell. Yeah, which is like, that's like the, that's on purpose, right? Right. Like, sure. Like that is, she, she like, she fell for it. Right. And I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying like, that's exactly why they hired a woman director. Well, having a woman director didn't stop Robin Thicke from publicly sexually assaulting Radikowski. Excuse me? Yep. This is a quote from the book. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hands cupping my bare breasts from behind. I instinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Thicke. He smiled a goofy grin and stumbled backward, his eyes concealed behind his sunglasses. My head turned to the darkness beyond the set. Martel's voice cracked as she yelled out to me, Are you okay? I pushed my chin forward and shrugged, avoiding eye contact, feeling the heat of humiliation pump through my body. I didn't react. Not really. Not like I should have. Okay, we have to unpack this because women are constantly feeling shame and embarrassment when they are the ones getting assaulted and being taken advantage of and being hurt. And then guilt for not... traumatized processing that instantaneously and knowing exactly how to react in the perfect way that lifts up their entire gender exactly so martel has confirmed the incident she said Mm. i remember the moment he grabbed her breasts one in each hand he was standing behind her they were both in profile i screamed in my very aggressive brooklyn voice what the fuck are you doing that's it the shoot is over oh wow but the shoot wasn't over martel implanted a no touching rule Mm-hmm. According to an article that ran in the Telegraph on October fourth, entitled "Me Too: The Music Video, The Disastrous Legacy of Blurred Lines." I, I also, I mean, like, I also kind of want to examine the exact moment. I, I definitely have been in a situation, in an emotion, in the, in a situation that that gave me a similar emotion, where you think that everything is one way, and you were you like you like agreed to do something. And everyone presented themselves as one way. And then suddenly one person does one thing. And then you see the entire world differently. And like, so when she's describing like turning around and looking at him 
and like seeing him kind of hiding behind his sunglasses like i i can imagine her processing it's like sensory overload right the entire world has changed and you cannot understand how you got to be standing where exactly where you're standing and so like mm-hmm. the fact and the fact that she wasn't immediately like this is a union violation like 10 10 ways till sunday i'm out of here like of course you it, it it's like being thrown from a from an automobile like it's like yeah uh, really sinister shit and let's not forget she's 21 i mean think about also where that. you are mentally when you're 21 yeah no way so they finish shooting everyone goes home and radikowski says she was left unfeeling uneasy about the situation and then of course women are always put on trial yeah, why when would you be in this video, Emily? They admit to male right. So whenever a man does something wrong, the woman is put on trial. Mm-hmm. Or when a woman uh is brave enough to come forward and admit something that she already has said was shameful for her, yeah. she's put on trial. So in the wake of this leaked essay, what are reporters asking her? Why didn't you say something? Yeah. Why did you put yourself in that situation? You were topless. What do you what can you expect? Why didn't you speak out earlier? She, to that question, she said, I was an unknown model. She said this to people at a Coin Geek Conference cocktail party. She said, I was an unknown model. And if I had spoken out or complained, I would not be where I am today. 100%. Uh, And this is not the first time that she's been asked inappropriate questions by the patriarchal machine in relation to this fucking video. Um, from the Telegraph article, shortly after the song was released, a barrage of criticism followed. By 2013, videos in which fully clothed men were flanked by semi-naked women were increasingly rare, and think pieces about why such videos were problematic were increasingly common. They came together and created a symphony of criticism. But much of that criticism wasn't leveled at Thicke and Williams, who were both in their 30s and making money from the song. It wasn't even aimed at the director, Martell, though much was made of the fact that Blurred Lines was directed by a woman. The inexplicable assumption instead was that 21-year-old Emily Ratajkowski should explain her decision to be in the video. Great. In my body, she explains, journalist after journalist asked me the same question. What do you say to those who deemed the video eye-poppingly misogynistic? I shocked the world by responding. Oh, you want to say I was going to say, like, that's an impossible question. For, so so the, the, the question that they're actually asking is, do you want a career? Do you want mm-hmm. to continue to work in this thing that you're doing? Because you can't, like, it is, no matter what happens on a show, like, it is absolutely quote unquote by the industry not okay to talk shit it makes you unhirable so like how the fuck is she supposed to answer this right how i don't i have no she did what most of women do she says i was shocked the world i shocked the world by responding that i didn't think the video was anti-feminist at all i was confident in my body and my nakedness on set i'd tell them honestly i'm a feminist i'd say and i feel empowered by dancing around naked feminism is all about choice wasn't it anti-woman to try and tell me what to do with my body and while so-called choice feminism is now regarded dimly by those with a degree in gender studies at the time her point was well made it became a moment for pop feminism within months taylor swift publicly announced that she was a feminist and beyonce performed in front of a giant feminist sign The writer says, I had gone from being the only feminist I knew to almost all the young women with whom I surrounded myself liking it as a label. So pause. 
this is when I start to turn on this writer. But I also want to take a minute and discuss what is choice feminism. Yeah, please. <laughs> so choice feminism is kind of like uh, those annoying slogans that are somehow supposed to be empowering to women, but they make you feel like icky, like doing it all in heels mm-hmm. or like eyeliner sharp enough to kill a man or like stomping out the patriarchy with our stilettos. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it doesn't make me f- that those specific things, though, being like kind of lame slogans don't make me feel any specific way about feminism but the thing that makes me feel really icky and it's probably very similar to why what you're talking about too with this choice feminism that your examples that you're giving is like it's weaponizing feminism against itself it is doing that yes and it's also the ideology that the individual choices of a woman are inherently feminist, but it doesn't take into account the patriarchal systems that are actually fueling those so-called choices. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a woman repo- voting Republican. Right, like that's right, right. not feminist. Yeah, a woman supporting Ann Coulter because she's a woman. Not feminist right. thing not to a do. Feminist thing to do. Um, so I pulled this little passage from a 2019 article in F Word magazine titled "Choice Feminism: New and Hip, but Not Necessarily Good." Whether you choose to wear makeup, shave your legs, or opt out of such beauty routines, your decisions are still considered feminist as long as it was a choice. At first glance, this reads as an agreeable kind of feminism, appealing to the broadest constituency possible. After all, the feminist movement suffers greatly from the terrible reality of women bringing each other down. Patriarchal society has led women to believe that their source of strength derives from male validation, which leads them to compete toxically with other women and weakened female solidarity. Choice feminism, on the other hand, seems to promote the antithesis of infighting within the feminist community by uniting women under the pretense of choice. Ironically, the positive impacts of choice feminism don't reach all women. Instead, choice feminism really only benefits a small minority of extremely vocal privileged women, particularly white feminists. Choice feminism's fatal flaw lies within its name, the assumption that choice is a liberty that everyone has. Choice feminism is also largely concerned with choices related to a woman's appearance. This is me talking now. Mm. The choice to wear makeup, the choice to dress a certain way, the choice to wear footwear. So it's still that is both, productive. Right. And it's usually talking about footwear that is both physically and financially oppressive, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I can wear these $400 Louboutins, but it's like, that. It's, you're just, that's the Good. Patriarch- yeah. patriarchy and capitalism hurting you and tricking you into thinking that it's empowering right that's right exactly right and and that's what (laughs) she's and that's what she and the and the woman director of this video are strategically placed to be doing right i'm a feminism and i'm in the video so if you don't like it you're anti-feminist right i'm turning it against you right oh fuck yeah so back to emily in the telegraph me too article Previously regarded as something old-fashioned and frumpy, now feminism was a reason that you were allowed to dance naked, have as much sex as you like, and wear a really tiny dress. If anyone criticized you, all you had to say was that it was your choice, and feminism was about choice. No one told us to question why those choices were always shaving our legs, wearing high heels, and giving oral sex. Feminism had been given a sexy rebrand, and 21-year-old Emily Ratajkowski's feminist light take on blurred lines was no small part of that. This is also this is weird because it like in in trying in saying that it doesn't want to blame her is blaming her. It totally is, and it's like your this article isn't looking at the oppressive systems that were in place that were affecting Emily Ratajkowski, a twenty one year old model, yeah, she's a f- to say those things. Yeah, she's a <laughs> fucking model, 
she's paid to look pretty and do these things and like literally like her entire job is to be like a like a object of attractiveness right that's like what a model does and Mm -hmm. and she has personal beliefs which is great but like why is she this 21 year old girl the fucking joan of arc of feminism for you now And then she takes it even further, and I feel like she she just took the story too far for the sake of, like, the story or the headline or, like, her own opportunism and trying to piggyback off Me Too's movement. She gives the song credit for starting, and I quote, a conversation that lasted for the rest of the decade about feminism, sex, gender roles, and consent. How the fuck do you become so anti this (laughs) that you are parroting the exact thing? that the the like the exact party line that the people who made the song are saying like this is like fucking satire it's literally unbelievable to me yeah she ends the piece by saying blurred lines has become a shorthand for everything that was about to change for woman for women and everything that needs to change but hasn't and then fucking emily radikowski came on (laughs) and ruined it for all women yeah i do not understand oh my god what this chick was going for this poor girl probably got paid like a thousand dollars to be in this video. <laughs> and now there are think there's like think piece upon think piece upon think piece about how she should have turned down the her rent money for the month. <laughs> right. And it's not right. the and the, the problem is not the person dangling this fucking check in front of her, making her do things that she didn't sign up for, like get groped by the by the actor, by the lead. Right. I'm pretty sure when you get booked to be in a video, they're not going through it with you shot by shot. And they're not saying, hey, is it cool if you get molested right right now? Well, yeah. I mean, so so they do have like a nudity thing, right? Like, like they have to say legally, if they put the ad up, they have to say like, there will be nudity. And like, maybe like, if there's simulated sex, simulated sex, right? But sure. like, blurred lines motherfucker like like him grope clearly him groping her was not in the shot list because it got a, it got a reaction from the director probably cameras weren't even rolling and he's this big star it's his fucking video for his fucking song that he produced and he's his record company's paying for she's 21 and like what the fuck is she supposed to say like like even today that would be career ending. And and he's famous ish. And so Pharrell's famous, TI's famous. She's not. She got famous from this video. And and even now she's not as famous as Pharrell or TI. Right. Like like So this is a clear power imbalance. But I'm manipulation. Even if fucking okay, Jennifer Lawrence and George Clooney are in a movie together and Jennifer Lawrence is like, "Hey, George Clooney groped me." Her career I don't care. She's got two fucking Oscars. Her career will be over because people don't like knowing people don't like feeling that the thing that they're enjoying might be hurting people. Right. It's the same reason that we don't like hearing that our Nikes are made in sweatshops. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, oh, but we're I'm supposed to be having fun. Why aren't you let me? Ha- why aren't you letting me have fun? And it's the person who speaks up. That's the problem. Because before I was just blissfully ignorant. Yeah. I, I'm like sick to my fucking stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so well, 
can we talk briefly about Paula Patton? Sure. So Paula Patton, he's so Robin Thicke is married to Paula Patton at the time of this and like blames a lot of the or like gives himself permission because he's married to her and she said it was okay or whatever. And then she dumps him, right? Yeah. There was a bunch that I deleted some notes because he, he went on tour in 2021 with his fucking sob story about Okay, now I'm just being a little insensitive. Yeah. His dad died. His dad did die. His dad did die. His and dad his did nothing died. wrong. Alan Thick, please. Looking down from heaven. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, he died and then his mentor died too. And he got divorced. He went through this brutal public divorce. And yeah, he just went on like a very sad press tour about it. But, but in, in, in 2014, <laughs> he released an album named Paula. Okay. Please go on. And it's about his breakup with uh, how sad he is about Paula Patton. The the first the first uh, the singles were called "Get Her Back." Wow. And it's this was in 2014. Um, okay. And and it uh it, it did not sell. It did not do great. <laughs> the album sold 550 copies its first week in Canada. Wow! In U- in the U.S., its first week of sales was twenty four thousand, which is more records okay. than I've ever sold. But like, not really, really bad. Really bad, especially <laughs> following up blurred lines. Yeah, medic. It's got a forty nine out of a hundred on Metacritic. But like the fact that he he this is like the least self aware person in the world. Like, just I understand you're going through shit, and this is like maybe how you process stuff. But like, how in the hot fuck are you going to ruin your own marriage by being horrible, <laughs> and then just very public, like name name an album after Paula. your ex, Paula? <laughs> Get her back. Holy fuck. This guy. Oh my he, god. He needs to be canceled. He I say what you want about cancel culture, but I decree Robin Thicke needs it. And and put him on an island. Well, yeah, I mean I think I think uh cancel culture is largely not a thing. But um so that so that was that came out in twenty fourteen and his the album after that came out this year, February twelfth, twenty twenty one, and it's called On Earth and in Heaven. Yes. And on it, I shit you not, he writes, he has a song co-written by Pharrell. They're still working together. <laughs> They're best buds. What the? Well, they fit through the fucking trenches, I man. I know. Marvin Gaye's <laughs> I'm family. I'm surprised Pharrell's still working with that, him, to be honest. He's like, I'm high and Viking and I didn't do it. I did it. Ah! <laughs> uh, I was there. Pharrell was there. Pharrell was actually doing a Robin Thicke impression. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck, man? That is ridiculous yeah so sorry i i i couldn't i'm just like him like crooning about paula Patton is so fucking funny to me because she because she's she's like a badass she was in mission impossible yeah. like she kicked, she kicked a girl out a window like f- fuck you robin thick <laughs> okay sorry i'm ready to hear what we're gonna go out on this week it's weird how Yankovic's word crimes. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> I remember when this came out. Okay, can't we it? I love Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I truly do. 
but this is a, this is great because it's it takes all the good parts of the song and makes and make it unproblematic. <laughs> Yankovic. <laughs> I love this. for Weird Al. This is great. <laughs> and and he's he's been around for like 50 years. It's still unproblematic. <laughs> this is just so pure. So good. <laughs> this is my brand. Yeah, also like I was I really really liked Weird Al, like in elementary school and junior high, and like had to keep it to myself. And so Aww. now I'm like letting it. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah, letting my Weird Al. You would not use it's in this. Oh, this is great. Isn't this so good? Also, like, I, so I watched the uh, the Sparks Brothers documentary. And they talk mm-hmm. about Weird Al's in it, and he talks about like why does everything have to be so fucking serious all the time? Like, like you can have a bop that's just silly and it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Where can people okay. find us on the internet? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. That's for longer and that weirder the, stuff. That is the le- the the word F O R, not the numeral four. That would be a word crime, according to Weird Al. For longer and weirder stuff, hit us up on email via email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, go to our website, lyricsforlunch.com, and click support the show. And like and subscribe. It's the best way to never miss an episode. And tune in next week when we may or may not have a guest host because Lindsay's going to be on vacation. Oh, Mexico. <laughs> um. <laughs> And yeah, we're now can rap too. It's all great. Um, so until next time, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying we hate these blurred lines. Yeah, fucking no means no, dude. Robin Thick was born and raised in Los we, Angeles, seriously? California. We're doing by this? his father, Alan Thick, Growing Pain star, <laughs> Doctor Seaver, R.I.P., and his mother, actress, wait, 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 Gloria Laurie. No, 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 no. To, to start it for real.
Why? Because we're because you're gonna be mad at me if I include this. Robin <laughs> Robin Thick was born in Los Angeles. I feel like I'm not gonna hate you. <laughs> well, I'll I'll include it and we'll see. <laughs>